0: Today's Da'af is Da'af Kuv'hei. We're holding about 20 lines down on Kuv'talar Mbeis. So the, uh, the Mishnah stated that not unless a Keren, that a person uh, gives the Keren, does not have to go to madai to give the Chomesh. Meaning with a Chiv, that you have to make sure it gets into the hands, is specifically on the Keren, not on the Chomesh. Now Rashi explains what the inference the Gemara is going to make is as follows. What really what the Gemara is going to be discussing right now is do we look at the Chomish as momen, right? It's not really compensatory, but on the other hand, it is money. And it's a percentage of the the, uh, 20, 25%, depends how you look at it. So do we look at it as momin, or is it really more similar to the Oshom? Because it's part of the Kapara process. If it's mamon, what's going to be the nafgimina? You know, so then, let's say the person dies, the yorshim have to pay. Yorshim don't have to bring the carbon; they don't bring kapara, so therefore they wouldn't have to pay the chaimish either. So the deal, according to Rashi, that the Tukmar's making is as follows: If it was clear that this was kapara, so then you would not have to say that that if you gave the Keren, you don't have to go back to Madai to give the chomish, Of course you don't have to go back to the chomish. You only have to make sure that the... gets into the hands is the mammon, But the Kapura part, you don't have to be so Makhbit to get into. And you would not have to... why, Why do you have to tell me that? The fact that you have to tell me that you don't have to do it Means there's a havamina that you might have to do it. Why might there be a havamina? Because we deal with it as mammon. So, therefore, the fact that the Tana tells me you don't have to do it is a riot that it has a status of mammon. That's how Rashi explains the Diyuk Ya'alma. We see that the Chaym has a din of mammon, and therefore, what's the Navka of in And therefore, if the Gazan dies, then me the Yorshin are still liable, just as they would have a Chiyuv to pay back the Karen, they also have a Chiyuv to pay back the Chomish as well, obviously from the assets of the Gazan. Says so more as follows. Now me our Mishnah also says the same thing. It says, nos, nos, a Karen, that if he gave the Chomish, and then he swore about the Chomish. So therefore, he's saying in such a case that the, the, the Chomish takes on the status of the Chomish and you have to now give back the original Chomish as Chomish and a Chomesh for that Chomesh, right? So therefore, a Zimosef Chomesh Al Chomesh. So now, what do you see? The fact that the Chomesh is dealt with as Karen is the haraya that the Chomesh is considered to be Momon. So Al That is the proof. Tanya Lamiach, we also have a brisa that supports it. It says, is a person stole from someone, and then he denied it, uh, with an oath, alright? And then he was Moidim. That was the case. That's the classical case where you have to pay the Karen, the Chomish, and you have to bring a carbon. You need to have both a false oath and you have to have admission. Can't be Adim, it has to be through uh, admission. The Mace. And then he dies. So Yarshin, Shaman, Karen, the Chomish, Asham, state the that the Yarshin have to pay back the Chomish. But it says the Yarshin have paid the Chomish, clearly we're looking at the Chomish as Mamon. And not as kaporal. Zog d'avu and habu. Are you telling me that we view the yorshim as uh, a, a, as obligated to pay the father's chaimish? It's directly uh, contradicting what we said before. Lechayra, for I mean I'm going to ask you a contradiction. Adayid. So now, just to understand, this is quoting now from the Torah's Kahanim. Taras Ghanim is a first piece that we don't have. Tara's Gahanim deals with the uh it it the, the postgritter that, that it's referring to is that um there that is the case of where there was a shvua on moment, of false shwar on moment. So the case was that it says the hesis shegozal gozal, osa ishek, asher oshak, oyesa pikodan, asher hofkan, it oyesa oy veda, asher mozzar. So we have, we have four cases over there that a person uh Swore falsely concerning the uh, either the axela or, or 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 money that he that he got into his hands illegally or uh, or or what was given to him as a pakodon or he found it as an Aveida and then he denied and swore etc etc so the pasuk says over there the heishev is axela asher gozel so the brisa deals with the fact the heishev is axela as mashma that the, the, if you have in your possession a stolen item, it has to be given back. It doesn't have to say you stole it. A stolen item has to give back. Asher gazal implies that it's something Dafka if you're the one that stole it. So how do we reconcile the two? So the price says is that if you have Exela in your possession, even if you didn't steal it, let's say your father gave it, you have an obligation to make sure that it is returned into the hands of the owner, Asher Gazal, is going on the chomish. Is that on the chomish only the one who stole it has that responsibility, not the uh, not the thief himself? So I'm not I'm sorry, not the Yarshin. The Yarshin don't have it. So but bottom line is this price is going to be predicated on the fact that Yarshin do not have an obligation to give back the chomish, which was what really creates that contradiction. It's interesting. It's asking it as a uh uh because uh uh well doesn't uh, well, I mean, uh, yeah it's a contradiction uh, yes yeah, that's a contradiction right because this is this brice is directly contradicting the price that we just brought before but this so now we're picking it up in the middle of the Torah's Gahanam uh, so we're it's like this now I can still say maybe when Based on the, the drusha we just brought down, that Asher Gazal is only the father gives it back, not the Yorshim. When is that true? Maybe where there was no false oath. So the say, when well, there's no false oath, there's no Chiyuv on the Yorshim to give a Chalmish, uh, which actually would make sense, because if there's no Shvua, not from the father, not from the son, on the item, so then there is no Chalmish right who or aviv now what about a case where uh, the the yorish swore false let's say the yorish says i swear that i don't have this in my possession or the father swore sworn that he had not stolen it or aviv or the father uh, or the who that he swore not the father or aviv the other way around, the father swore they hadn't stolen it child the son never swore or who the The where they both swear so I mean nine how do we know in such a case that even in that case, the yorshim do not have to pay the Chomish. So before I can deal with you, it's a really difficult to have, a you mean. Know. Anyway, that neither of them swore falsely, then that's when, that's when you need a tell me that the yorshim do going to have to give back a Chomish. There is no Chomish in such a case. Anyway, but the Moritz is like this. Maybe it's only where neither one swore, and therefore there is no Chomish, but where one of the parties swore, perhaps that would generate a Chomish, and the yorshim would have to give it back if the father didn't do it. Talmud Lomar Asher for Asha Ashak. We have the same idea that it emphasizes Veheishev And this is Asher Gazal. It says multiple times Asher Ashak, on each one Asher Detzloi, Asher Motza. The fact that it implies he himself did it, so only uh, uh, from there we learn only he has to return the Chomesh, but not the Yarshin. Uh, uh right right so therefore in this case so therefore with by Ashik, since the yarshim are not the ones the yorish the San, is not the one that robbed the one is not the defrauded therefore even if he swears falsely the one is understanding right now it's the child's more he still would not have to pay the homish to take the uh he would not have to pay it. So anyway, the point is, so how do you reconcile the two brises? So he says, Is that the b'raisers, you remember, in order to generate a homage there has to be an admission. There has to be a hodah. An oath alone doesn't do it. So maybe I'll tell you like this, is that the first is talking about where the Goslin uh, was mother before he died. So not only did he swear falsely, but before he died, he was also meider, and that generated the chaymesh. And in such a case, then, as the brisa says, the yorish has to pay it. The second brisa says the yorish doesn't have to pay it. It's only because the father wasn't murder. If The father wasn't meider. There was no chaymesh generated. And Again, similar question could ask asked as before. Obviously, if there's no yorish, then there's no chaymesh, and there's no yorish doesn't have to give it back. But the bottom line is that's kanchulah So now the Mora has a different problem over here. All right. Clearly, we're talking about over here a situation where there could have been a hodah, just there wasn't. So we're not talking about where there's edim, because if there's an edim, then the edim show up, it cannot be moded at that point. So we're not talking about where there's edim. So therefore, if we don't have a hodah, so then how do you know to pay back the karim? All you have over here is, was a teviyah, there was a, tviya, there was a, a, a denial, a shvuah. Where do we know that he even owns the Karen? Right? So e loy so amilon misham. So then he shouldn't have to pay the Karen. Maybe the Bryce is referring to a situation where when there's no hodon, you don't even have to pay the Karen. How do we know we're talking about a case where the Karen is paid? It's just the chomish that the son doesn't have to pay the chomish, but he has to pay the Karen. How do you know Maybe he doesn't pay anything because there's no hodon? Where's this can't be? Because if you read again, the part of the braisa that we were talking about, that was left out, the first part, it's clearly focusing on whether the son has to pay the chomish. Why are you focusing on whether the son has to pay the chomish? If according to you, there's no Huda, the son wouldn't even pay the Keren, then why are you focusing on the Cholmesh? Since we're focusing on the Cholmesh, so therefore the the that implies that he does pay the Keren, he just doesn't pay the Cholmesh. First of all, the and furthermore, we have another Brayseh. Says Vadaina, Furthermore, I could say, A who meshaln keren al gezel aviv." The rises says, "When would I say that you have to pay the keren for the father's uh, exela? Bezman shenish bahuva aviv. Maybe you only have to pay the keren where the father and the son both swore. The father swore he didn't steal. Son swore that he doesn't have the stolen property. Aviv Veloihu, But where the father swore, and the son did not. Or, who, or the son swore he doesn't have it. The father did not. The father died without having sworn. The son swears he doesn't have it. When neither one swore falsely, how do I know that there is going to be the obligation for the child to at least give back the keren of the father? says that in four cases, it says where there was a robbed item, where there was a fraudulent benefit, where there was a lost item, and when there was a deposit in all four cases, and more, it concludes, Yeish Talmud. We'll have to see what does that mean. Yeish Talmud. Now, so Yasef, Yasef means, we'll see, there, there is a limud. We'll see what that means. So Ravuna said over this uh, teaching that... Uh, Actually, the Bryce that we just quoted is the end of that Bryce from the Torah's Quran, right? And it says, Amalei Rabba Bure. So, so uh, Ravuna was teaching this to his son Rabba, and, and, and he uh, and said, Yesh Talmud, I was saying, Amalei Rabba Bure, Yesh Talmud Mar is the right Girsa, Yesh Talmud, that there is a Drosha, which means based on the Drosha, teaches us that there is a Karen. But there is no chomesh. Oh Talmud. I mean the word was yeshtalmu. It's that means that they have to they, they, they need to be paid, Kaamar and Rashi says, and it's based on a svara, it's not based on a drosha, but it's a svara that the Karen has to be paid and not necessarily the chomish. So Amale, Yesh Talmud is a Drosha. And what actually is the Drosha? Mirabuita the fact that we have four cases where it says Asher Gazal, Asher Asher hufkad, Asher Matzah, that, that, that imply that the principal needs to be paid. So now, since we know the principal needs to be paid, and you're telling me that the Chomish does not have to be paid, so we're really back to our question. So if in fact, there was no, you want to say there's no hoda, and therefore you can reconcile the second b'risa with the first b'risa, because b'risa was talking about there was a hoda, so there was a chomish, the second b'risa is talking about there was no hoda. So it's only the principle, and that's why there's no chomish being paid. Then my, so therefore my say so you've got to explain, if there was no hoda, then how do you even know to pay that the karen? Right, and clearly we just saw from the second part of the b'risa that there is a karen being paid. This says, lo aviv, but but no, meaning the hoda. That, that we're saying that does not will not generate the chomish is if it's a hodah of the son, not a hodah of the father. So in a case where there was a hodah of the son, then enachinami, all there will be there will be a keren. That's how we know because the son agreed. I know I had stolen property. Father did not. Father might have denied. The father might have sworn. Didn't it was not modus, it Did not trigger the chomish. So in such a case, lo it but no, That's the case. It will be keren, but there will not be a chomish being paid. Now, it says they were like this, if in fact, the son, one of the cases was, the father swore, did not admit. The son swore, We said, Mishba beno, and was saying, and hoda beno. So if he swore falsely and he denied, why doesn't that become like, he himself is now got the din of a person who swears falsely and denies, and that should so Why shouldn't his shvur and his hoda generate a chomish? Forget about paying back the father's chomish. Shouldn't he be paying based on his own shvur and his own and, and his own hoda? So amri kashayin gzela We're talking about that the gzela is not in his hands. So if he have no gzela in his hands, he can't swear. He can't pay back something where he doesn't have the item anymore. Right? So therefore, unlike the, the Ganav himself, the Gazan himself, he has a chiyuv, even if he doesn't have it, he has to pay for it. But since the son did not steal it, the son just took a, shvua, a false, a false shvuah on it, so if he doesn't have it to pay back, so he can't be chayv on it, the, 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 uh, the, the, the chomash. Where it says, but he ain't Zayla Kayemis, so then we're a over here that he does pay the Karen, he just doesn't pay the Chombu. If he doesn't have it, so now Filu and Amilon Mishalim, shouldn't have to pay the keren either, <laughs> you don't have it, you know. How can he be mechaivin to pay something unless he himself stole it, He's, where, he, where he would have a shibu to pay it, but here he doesn't have a shibu to pay it, only because he has it intact and the chomish is generated from the, having the item. But he doesn't have the item, so then why do you have to pay the keren either? So much as, meaning like this, that the father stole something and the father had real estate. So the father had real estate, even if the father gets rid of the, uh, the item, the there's a shebud on the land. That shebut on the land, when the father dies, the son inherits. So since there is a shebut on the land, the son has a chiu from the land to pay back the keren. Moses says like this. So uh, now Rashi is uh, is uh, emphatic that the next few lines should not be read. Tais disagrees, but Rashi from the chi aikach reiz Nechosim until amar rav berei. Uh, the Rabbi, Yeshua Rashi learns you skip everything in between. Take a look at how to actually read it. The Gemara Rashi says no. So, Amar Rav Huna Yeshua Ein Mishal Al Kfirah That's part of the answer that even though there's a shebud and a shebud enough to create a Karen obligation because of the father's nechasin <coughs> that I'm Therefore, the son has to pay the keren based on the theft of the father. So there's, even though the, he swore falsely, he wouldn't have to pay the Homish, because you don't pay the Homish on a shvua, on a shibud. you don't pay, the chomish. You don't pay the, on a, a because the keren you have to pay. But no, that's the reason why there's, there's no homish. But bottom line is, so we have reconciled between the two, meaning it is actually considered maman, and the son is mechayuf to pay it, but under certain circumstances where it's not generated, where there's no hoda, or even if there was a hoda, but it's the hoda of the son, it would not generate it, and the son would not have to pay. But when it has been generated, then the son, the pharaoh, would have to pay the father the same way, for the, pay for the father's uh, uh, theft, the same way as the son would have to pay the killer. Let's go back to it. Rav says, "I'll give you another way how we can explain the brysor as to why the chomesh is not being paid." Right? He says, "Rav Amar, Hachma Yaskinan, Kigoyin Shahosah diskir. The question we had—a question—is if that the son took, the son swore, and then was moda. So then, why doesn't he have to pay himself? So the theory before we had because it wasn't an existent and only a shivud was there and ein Shalman, or chomesh on a Shiva cut cause. But Rabba says you can get it away another way. How The case over here was that the father had given Diskya as a, is, is is they used to have this double uh, leather saddle it had two two pockets to it. But anyway the the father's money and assets were being uh, were, were, were given to a third party right? And so, and in it was the, the, the stolen items, alright? The stolen was there. The items were there. Meaning the son, when he swore falsely that he doesn't have it, was not actually swearing falsely. He, Taka, didn't have it. At that time, he didn't have it. So, the, therefore, uh, he, he cannot be chayev, even though Karen it could be chayev at the end of the day because when we find out that it was in the third party's hands, the son has an obligation to give it back. But a chomesh was not generated from it because you, you know, the, the chomesh is only chive is when the shvua is false. But here he's swear he never had it, he didn't have it. So when it says like this, when it says um, that uh, the leather, uh, the, 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 the leather saddlebag with the assets in it, with the money in it, was given to a third party. So Karen Mashalim, because now you have it. Because even if he swore, he swore, for, he swore truthfully that he doesn't have it. Because he was not aware at the time that his father had stolen it. And he swore, Listen, I don't know anything about it. And I don't have it because he did not know or have it. So you can't obligate him to pay the Chomesh for his oath. Let's go right to So he said that the only uh, obligation to pay back is if the item itself is, uh, you have the, if, is a, I mean, if you pay back most of it, what you have left is only a Pacham pruta. And a Pacham pruta, you don't have the obligation to pay back uh, the dinner, or to, to pay back the, the, the principal. So uh, if, uh, I mean, you don't have to run to Madai. To give it back, as we said, it has to be at least a pruta. So Amrap, Loshama Elish Ain't Zeila Kayama. So Rappa says interesting. It's be two lushanis Rapaba. And the first Loshan is saying is that this is only true if it's not the intact item. So let's say you had an intact item, which happens to be less than a pruta, but it's an object. It's not it's not money. Money is not is worthless. Shab Shabrut does not it's not have a value. But an object you would have to give back you'd have to take to Mardai, you'd have to pay back. Avadzei lekayemes, you would have to go ahead and return. Why? Tzarek leyleh Why? Because haishin and tiyaka Very interesting svarah. Because an object, the price could go up. So even if it's not worth a pruta now, it potentially could become a pruta. So therefore, even now, you have an obligation as part of the chasarah to return an object. Money not, but an object, yes. Now, there's another version that disagrees with this. It makes no difference whether the object is intact or not intact. You don't have to run after to give an object less than a pruta even an object like because the shema could we not concerned with maybe it'll go up to be worth a pruta and bottom line is it's defined as being less than a pruta there is no heal you don't have to go running to give it to the person i'm a person had stole three bundles Let's say three bundles of of some type of item and they were each worth one pruta, so three bundles with three prutas was the value of the item stolen. Okay, three bundles, each one with one pruta, total three prutas. For whose lulvah amduah Now what happened is the market went down, and now the total value of the three bundles is only two prutas, which comes out each bundle itself is actually worth less than a pruta. For imhikser So let's say the thief gave back to the victim. He gave back two out of the three bundles. And now he's left with the third bundle. And that third bundle now is less than a pruta. Chai <laughs> v'lhavzah Says uh, Ravah that even though, before we just said, you don't have to give back something that is less than a pruta, even according to the second version, even if it's an object that's less than a pruta, because we're not chayesh, but here you would have to give it back. Why would you have to give it back? Because since at the time of the theft it was worth a prutah. So therefore, it's defined by its value of what it was at the time when it was stolen. So the Chiyuv Ashova, the Heisheviz she Shegazah, already was on it at that time. But Mela, you have an obligation to give back this item, even though right now it's gone down, it's devaluated, but the of Ashova started at the time of the Tana Tuna, the one wants to bring an interesting proof for this, okay? We have a case. Gozel chametz. a person went and stole. Let's say he went into the, before Pesach, he went to his neighbor's house and he stole the neighbor's whiskey collection, all right? So these are very valuable whiskeys, all right? And then he never gave it back and he waited till after Pesach. Now what happens to the chametz after Pesach? Chametz after Pesach is now worthless, can't use it, Right? So the is so. Uh, the halocha is that you can tell the uh, owner of the uh, uh, of the whiskey here, take it back. It's a hezek shade a nicker because at the end of the day you look at it, it looks like the same whiskey. Halachically, legally, now it's not worth anything. But at the end of the day, it looks like. But well, I haven't harmed it in any way. But the reason we can give it back, and we're saying is because it's intact. You give it back, it's intact. the time of the Isa Eine. So you can say, say, this is what I stole, take it back. In Shemayim, your plaque is not gonna be on the, on the wall of one of the Lamed Vav Tzadikim, right? But, but at the end of the day, your Yod say, in Beistin, we cannot hold you accountable. Now, what happens if the, you don't have the, you drank the whiskey, you don't have the whiskey anymore, all right? Now, so now, even though the item that you stole right now is valueless, you have an obligation to pay what it was worth before Pesach. So what do we say? See, came into me. Since at the time of the theft, you had an obligation to pay the $10,000 of the whiskey at that point, even though that whiskey now is worth nothing. Right? It's based on what it was worth at the time. So if you have it intact, you can give it. But if you don't have it intact, you're now out of pocket. I you can say now it's worthless. Doesn't matter. You have to give what it was worth at the time. So here too, even though this bundle, this third bundle, today is worth less than a pruta, at the time, you have an obligation. To pay the uh, either to to pay the bundle give to give the bundle back because it was worth a pruta at the time when you stole it. Boy Rovo. rova asked a shiloh in a similar case. Let's say a person stole two bundles, right? The achas mehen and now these two bundles, even at the time of the theft. We're not worth a pruta each. We're only worth half a pruta each. You stole two bundles that were worth one pruta. So here's Zelo man. You've given back half, uh, one of the bundles, which is half a pruta. Now you only own a half a pruta. Mahu, what's the din? Me, I'm in a what Do we say at the end of the day, right now, as is, it's less than a pruta, and even originally was less than a pruta, so then there should be no chi of over here. Or at the end of the day, the bottom line is you stole two items that were worth a pruta. You stole two items that were worth a pruta. So the hashava that you had on you, the chiyuv you had on you at that time, is to give back both bundles. Since you've only given back one bundle, even though that bundle right now is only worth a half a puter, and even though originally it was worth a half a putta, but together with the other bundle was your chiyav Shava, which you have not yet fulfilled because you only gave one. So therefore, in this case, Taka, you still have to give back the second bundle to be yotze, your mitzvah So that's the shayla he had. So, on one hand, do we say at the end of the day, you have something that's less than a pruta, and originally was less than a pruta, so there's no chiuva shava. At the end of the day, since together with the other bundle was worth a pruta, and the chiuva shava was placed on the two of them together, so you still have an obligation to give back this one bundle, even though this one bundle is about halfway down on kufay. Thank you. So, you have not given back the full gazela that you had by you. On which there was a of hashava, so hader pashta. Then Rava came and resolved. Now he resolved it with a statement that was somewhat enigmatic. He said, "Gzeila ain kan hashava He says there is no gzeila here and there is no hashava here. So what does that mean? Igzela If you are telling me that there is no robbery he's not considered to have in possession of the robbery, then HaShava Yeshka, and then Lecha'ira, he has done a HaShava. The reason that there would be, if there's no Gzela, that means that we say that what he did was sufficient, he doesn't have to do anymore. So Lecha'ira, if he's not in violation of the Gzela, so then Lecha'ira is telling that he doesn't have to worry about the HaShava. So then how can you say, uh, uh, so, so, so therefore, no, I'm sorry, the other way, so then HaShava that means that if you're telling me that he that that we there's no violation, then we're looking at it as he must have done the ashaba. That yeah, that's the question. So that's not what we say. He says Even though there is no more item that you cannot be Tovey the person in court and say, Give me back that uh half a pruta, Bundle because it's not considered to be mammon, but mitzvah sashava ain't But you have not fulfilled the mitzvah shava Means you still to fulfill the mitzvah shava should go back and give the other bundle. That's what it means. So therefore, even though it's not the din there's no tviyah on you. You cannot. We cannot come to you and say you have now a chiyv to return that item because it's real, It's half a bruta, and therefore you you don't have to give it back. Uh, but you have you because you have no violation on you right now doesn't necessarily mean that there's no you fulfilled your mitzvah but to fulfill your mitzvah ashova, you would still have to go and give it back okay that's that's how uh, i believe the emotion would understand most of them anyway all right let's go back by I <coughs> wants to say a a a similar type of shiloh we know that if a person is a mitzorah for the purification of the mitzorah he has to shave off all his head. Here. Now what happens if somebody's bald? Somebody's bald, he has no mitzvah of giluach. The mitzvah of giluach can only be done on somebody as hair. As now, in order for the mitzvah of hair to be considered a mitzvah of giluach, you have to shave off at least two hairs. Right. And also, you cannot leave two hairs. Because if you shaved off all the guy's hair and you left two hairs on the head, then you have not been yotzah your mitzvah of giluach. So it has to be at least two hairs shaved with less than two hairs uh, remaining. Okay? So, what happened is the following case. Amar Rova. Hare amru. Chachamim have said Hare Let's say Nazar shaved his head the shear stays to Aros, and he left two hairs. So at that point, he was not Yolchus, Mitzvah Giluah, and he had a few of Gilach, because we're not talking about somebody that started off being bald. With me? Yeah. What happened was, so Lossal, look, look, he has not fulfilled his obligation. So, but boy, but what happens if gila Akas? he shaved, he had two hairs left, he shaved one of them, the na, nishra achas, and the second one, before he could cut it, fell out on its own. Right. So Shile's is mau, what's the din? So I, mean, I guess the, the, the Murah is, in the, it, there's gonna be a- Because oh, it wasn't cut. It wasn't cut, it fell out. wasn't at, done intentionally. At, right. at the end of the day, the outcome is the same. The outcome is, he got no hair left on his head, right? right. On the other hand, since, the mitzvah of Giluach is only when you shave two hairs, so he only shaved one. The other one fell out on its own. So that's what it seems to be, the shah. But the one points out, that can't be. So, 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 I don't understand. What's your point over here? He says, Are you asking because he's cutting one hair at a time? Mean like this. What he's really bothered by is, to get to that last two hairs, he, sh- he shaved a bunch of other ones. So if he shaved a bunch of other ones, so the fact that he only cut one and one fell out, he still did a mitzvah of giluach. The mitzvah of giluach was all the other ones that had done. It's true, at the point where only two had been left, so the mitzvah was not fulfilled, because in order to do giluach, you have to have shaved all the hair, not leaving two, right? That's why he still had to go ahead and deal with the two. So he only shaved the first one. But the fact that the second one fell out, it comes out retroactively, he has shaved more than two hairs. And the result is there's no... So how could that be problematic? Why is that a shayla? So Amaleh, he he says, you're right. We don't have any order correctly. What happened was, there were two hairs left. Right? And what happened is, the first one fell out. And the second one was the one that shaved. Now let's see, why is that better? So Amaleh, look. Tzvihach, going, mehen, that out of the two hairs, the first one fell out, the Gilach Ahas, and then he went and shaved the last one. Mi Seyar. Hashdemia we say At the end of the day, this guy has no hair on his head. He shaved the first thousand hairs, he shaved, okay? Now it's true, when he had left two on the head, he wasn't yet to the mitzvah. But then one fell out, okay? And he finished off by shaving off the other one. So at the end of the day, his shaving resulted in the guy having a bald head. Right? Mm-hmm. Or do we say, dilma, halav since till the one hair fell out, it wasn't a giluach, because at that point there were two hairs left. And after that point, he only cut one out of the two hairs, so therefore at that point, that's not considered to be a giluach either. Now it's true. If he would have cut the hair first and then the last one fell out, then it would have been okay. Because even without it falling out, he has done a mitzvah of giluach, right? He, done, he cut the, the requisite amount of hair and he did not leave two. But here the bottom line is he did leave two, which negates the original giluach. So therefore, and what are you going to tell me? He only cut the, the one at the end. The one at the end is not a giluach. Giluach has to be at least two. So that's the mahalo It does not considered a giluch, to be that by leaving two, it, it, it negated the original cutting. The original cutting was not considered gilu because he left two. And now, okay, so then, but now he's cutting, but now he's only cutting one because the first one fell out on its own. Saras didn't cut two, he only cut one. So again, Rava re, 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 resolved the shaila. Sear Einkan, Giluach kan. Again, using an enigmatic egna- statement. It says, Sear kan. there's no hair here. Giluach kan. there's no Giluach. what is this, one second. Is ain kan? shouldn't it be that since we look at it that the person's bald, then the Khaira, so then Giluach Yeshkan, then consider that it is Giluach. No, no, that's not, what, that's not how to read it. Hachikam, what Rav is saying is, Aval Sear kan. Even though the outcome was that the person is bald, but mitzvahs, Giluach ain't cunn. But there wasn't a mitzvah of cutting two hairs. Everything that was cut until the one hair fell out on its own was not considered a mitzvah because you left two hairs. And of the two hairs left, you, know, you, know, you were not to the mitzvah. Why didn't you perform a mitzvah? Because you only cut the last hair, you have to cut two hairs. Therefore, there's no. So, what do you have to do? So, you have the machlakis, Taisus, and the Rambam. So, Taisus says you have to wait 30 days. Why do you have to wait another 30 days? Because you need at least a growth of 30 days to go ahead and be able to be owed to the mitzvah of Because this guy wasn't a bald guy. If a guy's bald, there's no mitzvah giluch. This guy has a mitzvah Giluach. Hasn't performed it. It's ma'akir. According to the Rambam, is that there is no mitzvah means you're not fulfilled the mitzvah of but there is no mitzvah giluch. You don't have to wait the 30 days. It's ma'akir. Like Let's go back to it. Amarovah. Harei Shamru. Cases like this. You have a, let's say, uh, a first floor that has a skylight, right? There's a, a hole in the middle of the floor. And the case of Iyalev talk about that there's a second floor as well. And there is a mace in the first floor. Now, if the first floor is completely sealed, the Tumah doesn't go up and metameh the second floor. But here, there is a skylight. However, there is a barrel that's resting right over the skylight. Now, if that re- barrel is intact, so it's an earthenware bar- bar- barrel, that blocks the tumor from being able to penetrate into the, the, the top floor. However, the barrel itself has a hole that, permeate, that, that, that permeates... Uh, uh, not permeates Cuts through, penetrates all the way through to the, uh, through, right? Now, if the hole is of a certain size, I think it's a tefach by a tefach, then the tumor will go through the barrel into the upper floor. Mm -hmm. However, sediment, sediment has filled the hole. Since sediment has filled the hole, it's uh, effectively blocked it, and as long as it's there, the tumor does not permeate through into the second uh, into the into the second floor. So, amru nikva. You have a barrel that was uh, perforated, This is smuah shmorim, but the perforation had become blocked with sediment. He, and it was placed over the skylight. Heit It protects the tumor from being able to go from the first floor through the second floor. Boy, Rava, agav mahu. let's say the hole. That is the shear. You didn't block it completely. You went and took clay and you blocked up half the hole. All right. So now the shaila is, it was a hole that had the full size to begin with. So at one point in time, this barrel is, should be ineffective on protecting from the tumor going second floor. But what you did, you didn't f- f- block the hole completely. If you blocked the hole completely, there's no shaila You only blocked it halfway. Now let's see why is this a shaila So agav chetzia mahu. What's the halacha? So amalei rav rav Ashi, Lavish the korah that should be the same as. Uh, 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 our Mishnah, the Mishnah that was quoted by Robert previously. Not, we learned in the Mishnah before. Says That if you had the barrel with a hole, and the whole barrel, the whole hole, was filled with sediment, that blocks it. But let's say you didn't use sediment, you just went and took a, 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 wine, a vine branch, and you stuck the vine branch through the hole. <laughs> uh, <coughs> until you actually seal it with clay, that vine, vine branch, the vine branch will not seal the hole. All right? <laughs> and even if you put two vine branches in the hole, <laughs> you have to uh, go around the sides with clay. <laughs> and even between the two vines, you have to put clay to create a permanent seal. Now, time at the morach, uh, you see from there that it's only if you close it completely with the clay do we say that it contra- that the blockage is, is, is closed. Halo morach, but it's ma'ashmai, if you did not block it completely with the clay, light, it wouldn't be considered blocked. block. Now, the choro, so why? Someone understands, because the vine doesn't completely seal it. So you see if there was a hole that's complete, a, a complete hole of shear, Putting something only halfway is not considered valid. It has to be completely sealed. So therefore bring a riot to us. Even if the, the case is not a vine, where you put clay halfway, should also, there you would have to go completely to seal it, Blocking uh, up half the hole is not sufficient. Samay, agav Why shouldn't the vine that's not sealed be like the case of half the clay halfway through the hole? And it should be then seen no good. So Amr ibn Yeshiva said, that's not the problem. The difference between is a vine, the reason why it's not considered sealing, because if it's not sealed down, what could happen with a with vine? It could be pulled out, it's not permanent. That's why you have to seal it over there. It's not because it's only covering half the hole and that's not enough. No, it's because it's not a permanent fixture. Whereas in the case of our case, where you sealed it with clay halfway, that could be viewed as permanent and therefore that might be sufficient. So, if you hadn't spread the clay around the vine itself, look how it would not remain in its place. Agav but where you sealed half the hole, with with the uh, with the clay, kai, it's something that can remain in its place without falling out. clay that's insufficient, and therefore you don't have such a.
1: We said before that if you stole chametz and you allowed Pesach to lapse to go past, and now becomes osur you can still say if it's intact, you can say. So what's the Shiloh? So boy, robber. Nijba alav Mahu. What if the Goslin, the God of comes, he says, listen, he says, you stole from me my, 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 crate of Glenlivet, and I want you to, I, I, you owe me for that, for the crate you stole. And it's, it's already after Pesach, and the crate is sitting in the house of the Goslin, worthless right now, and the Goslin says, I, I swear, I deny, I swear that I never stole it. So now you have a case of he's being kofir with a shvua and then he admits, but it was on something that was worth zero. zero. It was worth nothing. Is there a din of karen and chomesh mm. on such a situation? Because we said on Pachaz Meshavah there's no karen and So On one hand you could say it's worthless. On the other hand it's not it it's it not necessarily worthless because he could either give that back, but if it didn't if it didn't have it to give it back, it's he would have to pay a significant amount of money, what it was worth the time he stole it. So Lakhora, how do we view that case? So nishba Allah, he swore on it, Mahu, Miyamrin, do we say di Mignav? Do we say if it would be stolen from him? Let's say the Ghana, if somebody would steal the crate, what would happen in such a case? You have to pay. He would have to pay the full value, not not for the value it is now, which is worthless. He would have to pay what it was when he stole. So this represents something that could be worth $10,000. He was stolen from the guy before Pesach. The has stole it, no. The Ghana stole it and has it in his house. Mm-hmm. He's questioned by the victim after Pesach. He swears that he doesn't have it. So Shiloh is, and then he's Moda, and now Shaila is. What does he have to do? That's better, Karen and the Chomish. On one hand, he swore on something that was valueless. On the other hand, it's not really valueless, because if somebody had taken that away from him, after Pesach, he can't return it anymore. He would have to pay $10,000. So therefore, it represents $10,000. Not, It's not worthless. But I thought we said we'll before, because it's after Pesach, it's, it, it, it's worthless, and he can't return it, because neither one of them can No, use it. we said he could return he could it, it. If it's intact, in in he could say, HaResh HaKalof HaNechel, we said. But the Yeah, that's know. true. But I, it's, it, since it's only it's considered to be a chain and Iker, so the whole thing's intact, it's legal, it's not, that's your problem, not mine. If he doesn't have it to return, he has to pay the $10,000. See, so if he has it and and it's worth nothing, he can still return it, we're saying that? Yes, that, that's, what, no, that's what we said all along. You can, what does it mean? Behold, yours is before you. Take it. So right before it has to be the value from before Pesach, well. No, if it's not it's here right. anymore. If it's not here, if it's still here, it's considered an undiscernible Nezik uh-huh. and then we can give it a If from him, has, it's worth something. So Kevin, the E Mignab if it would be stolen from him, Boy Shlumele Mamona, that he would have to pay the full value, so coca it's considered a valid kfira, that's one way of looking at it. Or Mahash ha Hamanach now, bottom line, but it's not stolen from him. It's in his house. Bottom line, it's in his house. He's swearing on something that's here right now and the value of what he's swearing on right now is what? Zero. Zero. For Afra Ba'almu, it's dirt. Right? For and he's not considered to be called uh, for Mamona at all. So that's the Shiloh that was raised by Ravah. Right. So Moro says... The Shiloh was raised by Rava. Rabba did not have it as a Shiloh To him, it was clear. He had resolved this. It wasn't a Shiloh to him at all. To Amar because Rabba said like this: Shari Ganafta. Reuben goes to Shimon and says, "You stole my ox." He says, "Never, never happened. I don't steal." Ma tivo, so the chaser. Why is it in your backyard? You didn't steal my ox, so why is my ox in your backyard? He said, yeah. He says, shomer Chinamani. You gave it to me to watch. I'm, what? I'm doing your favor. Oh, I you're mean, accusing me of stealing it. You asked me to watch it. Right? Shomr Chinamani, love So, Chayiv. Now, he swore, and then he admitted, you're right, I wasn't a shomer Chinam. <laughs> the Allah is, he's Chayiv. Why? Why would he be Chayiv? Think about it for a moment. When he said, it to, I'm a shomer Chinam, Means I'm going to give it back to you. Yeah, yeah, it's yours. I'm going. To, I swear, I never stole it for you. I'm a shomer chinam. Why would he have to pay a Karen and a chomish on it? When he said a shomer chinam, he's also planning on giving it back. So what logic could we do make that he's got chayav that he has to bring a Karen and a chomish and an asham? Why would he have to do that? Teretz is by saying I'm a shomer chinam, I create a potential that I could be getting off the hook. What could I get off the hook? You know, If somebody you know. stole it from me. I report right. Now, but no one stole it from me. But, but somebody might have stole it from me. So you see that if you make a statement, if you make an argument that potentially could incur a loss to the victim, that's enough to say that you're going to be chay, fuch, Karen and chomish Because it might have been stolen from you. So therefore, if that's a good swara, then by chomesh, it's the same thing. What did you say? You said, I don't have it. Swore falls. I don't have it. because so it's worth dirt Anyway, yeah, but it's not worth it. Because potentially, if somebody would have stolen it from you, it would have been considered to be... You would, would have had to pay back money. We take the potential of that it might have been stolen into account when you swear, and that's enough to be mechaiv on it. That's the more is comparing the two. Everyone, everyone with me? Gmaris is like this. Similarly, let's say the guy says, you know what, what do you mean I stole it? I'm a Shon HaSachar. Now, Shomashah will be Chai McNabeda too. So but still he's Chaiv to pay, even he says Shomashah. Right? I love Khayav Shah Potter Atzmo Mishvur of Mesa. In case of an own if, if it would have broken or died, he would have been potter. Whereas you're not really potter because you weren't really a Shomasakh. So since you said something that potentially could have caused a an, a, an a liability, we view it as right now that's a false shwur to be makir. Shoalani even if he says I'm a Shoah which means I'm chayv and owns him there still is a potential that he could have incurred loss to the owner oh. Chaiv Sharei Poter Atma Meisamacham Smaloch a Shoah is Poter if it died and through and you would have been chayv if you were a Gazan for Meisamach Maloch so you're still getting yourself off the hook by making that claim anything you're going to get yourself off the hook or anything could incur it could be something later on that can incur liability that is sufficient to be Mechaiv on such a false Shvur Alma we see from Rabba. Afel gav de hakayim. Even though that's never happened. The item's right now. The item is still right here. So even though it never happened, the item is here. Those things never happened. kaven de imignav. Since if it would have been stolen. Mamona In the case of Shomachinam. You would have been denying mamon. You would have said an argument that would be saying that I'm saying something that would have caused you money so therefore Hashdanami here too that if the gland liver didn't exist somebody had stolen it and I said that I never stole your item I'm causing yours because I would have to pay you cash so it's considered to a kfira even though the gland liver has not yet been stolen so Hashdanami Monica Kuffer. So uh uh so, no, sorry, so therefore since it wasn't stolen, Hashtanami Mamonika Kofa, we view it as if you're kofer in the case of the chin of the cow, Sahanami in the case of the uh Glen Livid, Abel Gavda afra who, even though it's worth nothing right now, but came into E if it would be stolen, then you would have to pay moments. So it's considered therefore by Shlumeley because Mammon al uh uh i it would you would have to pay good money. So Sahastanami is considered my moniker kofr. It's as if you're denying you're you're swearing falsely unvaluable unvalued money. So, Yosef Rabba, the Kamal HaShmaitzer. So, Rabba was sitting and saying over this halacha, this din, that he just said, that if it is, that even if it's Chomesh Avla Pesach, and you swear falsely on it, you are going to be Chayev, a So, Eiseve Rav Amram, le So, Rav Amram asked Raba a question on that. It says, the Bo, that in order to create an obligation of, of, of current Chomesh, you have to have deny, there has to be a deny, a, 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 a deniability in the, Principle, in the item itself. Not, But if you admit in, in, in principle that you owe the person, even if you swore falsely concerning something that is tangential, but you agree that you owe the person the item, so that oath is not enough to create a chi of a ker and chomish and ashram. It has to be specifically that you are denying in the very liability of the item itself. So therefore, Kate said, for example, our case, Shori nafta, you stole my ox, Vuomer Loganafti, so he says, no, I never stole it, Matti Vos, Ezachas Wise, by you, Atamachartali, you sold it to me, Atanasatali matana. you gifted it to me, Avichamachuli, your father sold it to me, Avichonazi your father gifted it to me, Achar Parosi, uh, Rats, Meelov, it ran into my, my, my backyard, it was chasing my, my cow, but it's yours, I'll give back to you, Boy uh, Ach, Me Achar Parosi, Rats, Maela Ba came on on its own. Toleb it had got lost and Matsef and I found it. Show me I'm a show me I'm a stole it. Show sachani. I love. I'm a watching. I'm paid to watch it. Show me a love. The nishba and if he swore in all these cases, vahoda, and he admitted, yochel yeichai. you might think you should have to pay, Talmud lomer vekikach bo. You have to deny in the principle in the liability of the principal. In all these cases, he's admitting that it belongs to you, and therefore that is not considered a liability, an oath in in the liability of the principal, and he would be potter from the Keren Chomish and Osha. So therefore, give okay, it which excludes where you admit to the prim- primary item that the, the principle that you, that, you, that you owe it. So therefore this is a kasha on Because rabba. rabba just said, mamish the same case. Well, the guy said, I'm a Shomer Chinam and I'm a Shomer Socher. In those cases he said, you're Chayev. And this says, you're potter. So this is the question that Rab Amram asked rabba on rabba's ruling. So I'm So Rava answered him. He said, "Tadura. Tadura means like uh, like you 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 haven't thought this through. You're asking a a, a question without having thought this through. There's a big difference. Why? Kitanya to The braise, the case, in the when your case is where the animal is right there. here, take it, take your animal. I will take where well, he's there to hand it over right now. So then we don't say potentially what might have happened. Uh, my case, or the case of Raba, where he says that Yerchayev is that he's making these oh. claims and it's, it's not here right now. So therefore, in the interim between when you made the claim and you're able to get back the animal to the person, any one of these things could happen. So where the potential of anything that could happen to create liability based on your oath, that's considered violation. But where it's right here that those things, that were, it might get stolen. It's not going to get stolen. It's right here. Take it. That's where we say, Taka, your potter. He says, kika mino, the uh, ki, amalei helich. Here, it's, it's the bride that's right here. kika mino. When I, or Rabba was making this statement when he made the ruling, the kayim Gum, it's, in the, it, it's in the swamp, it's not here. I says like this. Okay, fine. But that, what do you mean he's saying that it, the, the bride itself is saying is that he's, he's, he's admitting it's yours, take it. That's not what he says. The bride says, You sold it to me. You sold it to me doesn't mean that it's yours. You sold it to me, your father sold it to me, you gifted it to me. All those cases are. It's mine. It's mine. So what do you mean he's not, he's not denying any actual uh, liability of it? my Where's their admission on the principle? Look, now the case is the me means you sold it to me, but uh, but I haven't paid you for it yet. You don't want it? Fine, take it back. You mean you sold it to me? I just haven't paid you. So therefore, take I'm saying, take it back. me the me I haven't paid you. Shakil take your animal, get out of here if you want it back what about the case where he said you gifted it to me? There's no money in that case. Or your father gifted to me. My motive beikur. Where are you admitting it? You're not admitting to anything over there. You're saying that you gifted it to me. So my motive You gave it to me as a gift that I should find satisfaction. Obviously, I don't find satisfaction. If you think I'm a ganiv, then obviously then the gift is off. Take it back. So therefore, love, and I have, obviously I have not find satisfaction by you. The case was it wandered off the, way, uh, of the, of the path and I found it. So what do you mean you found it? You found it and you're my animal and why were you holding on to it? You're a goslin. What do you mean you're not a goslin? You should have given it back. You should have given it back. Yeah, I found an Aveda. I didn't know it was yours when I found it. That's why I didn't return. I'm not a goslin. That's what he said. Alright. Stop over there. I can't get my hand.